Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, we're recording. Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is our first episode. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the no judgment zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. I am a Reiki master teacher and spiritual shaman and I have a lifetime of my own weird experiences. So nothing you tell me would weird me out. Many times people have told me their stories and would preface it by saying, you're going to think this is crazy. And I always respond, nope, nothing you could tell me would I consider crazy. So let the sharing of the weird experiences begin. Today, I have my dear friend, Fiona McKenzie, who is a life coach in the UK, and she's going to share her weirdest experience with us today. Hey, Tina, I'm so excited to be here and really can't wait to share my weirdest experience with you. This seems really strange, actually, that we're having this conversation because uh, you could not possibly say there's been one single weird experience in my life or weirdest experience. It's more, as you know, part of what I live day by day. And um, I think that's probably why we get on so well, isn't it? That, that actually, you know, we, we live life on, on that level where we're kind of open to magic and open to miracles and weird things happening. And I think the more you are open to that, the more it happens. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be on the show and uh, to share a little bit of my strangest experience. Um, would it be helpful if I said a bit about who I am and um, so that people who don't know me can get to know me a bit? Definitely give us an intro on who you are and what you want to share. Cool. So I am a life coach. I work in the UK and um, I work specifically with women who know that they're meant to have a big kind of impact in the world. So that might be through a business. It might be by leading some kind of movement, making some kind of like transformation in industry, maybe through innovation or something like that. Or anyone who wants to leave a big kind of legacy. So authors, coaches, healers, change makers, that kind of thing. And what I do is I help them to take bigger action than, than they've ever done before and um, mainly through kind of mindset work and also just helping people tap into resources that they've never really used in a big way before. And, and I guess because I really like that idea of untapped potential, I think we all have it. And 
I love playing at the limits of that. I love kind of pushing the boundaries of what's possible and, you know, just being in a place and in my own life and also helping others to be in a place in their lives where magic can really happen because I think magic and openness opens doors where, you know, our minds might think that's not possible for me. I could never do that. Um, and so I'm completely in tune with there being more to life than we see on the surface, more to life than, than logic. And, you know, I'm totally open to being part of an energetic realm, part of the supernatural, and there being much more that we can tap into than, you know, we grow up believing or that we're taught at school or anything like that. So as a result of that, I suppose, um, just thinking about being on the podcast and getting the opportunity to share a weird story, um, I was thinking about like, I mean, there were so many experiences I could have talked about, um, you know, like there are so many things that have come my way in life that uh, some I've wanted, some I haven't wanted, but all experiences that have come to me in like strange ways, as if you might say, um, you know, I can't believe that happened in that way, or, you know, you just couldn't write that, you know, it's like a film, you know, it's, things happen in illogical ways all the time, you know, opportunities come up, and I think, well, that came out of nowhere, or, you know, I'd want a certain job, and, you know, I wouldn't be looking for it, and someone would mention something, and then the next thing I know, I'm in an interview, and it's all, all working perfectly, and it's no effort, and that kind of thing has happened to me throughout my life. And, and I would say now that whereas I kind of used to sometimes think, oh, it's coincidence or, you know, I'm just lucky. I think now I kind of seek more of that, honestly. Um, I, I realize that it's available to me and therefore I want more of it. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting. I'm now in my 40s and and that's because I've been on that kind of journey and I've started appreciating it more and opening up to it more it's happening on a more regular basis and then combined with the sort of journaling and meditation mindset work that I, I do every day as a life coach I do myself and I do with clients I realize that that actually I can play my life however I want it and there's so much more that I can access by intentionally setting my mind on something and then being open to different ways of making it happen so sort of magical miraculous routes to, to things happening and I'm open for that I'm down for it so these things are kind of like just part of life really and yet um, there was one thing when you asked me Tina to be on the podcast there was one weird story that came up in my mind and it was the first thing that came up. So it's obviously the right one to talk about today. Um, and it's to do with something completely unrelated to uh, my general life. Um, <laughs> so slightly out of the ordinary. But it's about my, my dog, my dog's brother. <laughs> um, so let me just explain so that you've got a little bit of context to this. So recently um, I as you know Tina I lost my little um, English Springer Spaniel dog Lily uh, she was 10 and a half years old and um, so she recently died um, around three weeks ago and um, she was my 
canine partner, partner in crime, should we say, um, definitely canine business partner, just came everywhere with me. We did everything together. We had such an amazingly strong soul connection. And, um, and she also appeared in my life at a time where things had gotten really bad. I was going through a really rough time. And she, I believe, she was in my life as my helper and teacher in many ways that she helped me with that period in my life where I had so much growth to do but also I had so many challenges to overcome and I, I believe she was put into my life for that reason whether it was because she was part of my my uh, soul group uh, but she definitely had a purpose in my life that was very strong very specific and once she was done <laughs> that was it she went and it was like yep yeah, I've done my job now mum I'm off and you know other helpers will come and so I I really believe in that um but the story actually relates to Lily's brother so let me take you back to I think Lily was probably around one at the time her brother is called Uno and Lily and Uno were the last two puppies in the litter and the, the breeder was a friend of ours, family friend, and Lily and Uno were the last two to, to, to have homes. Um, at the time I was actually homeless um, just before I got Lily and so she stayed with my dad for around five months um, who trained her and looked after her and brought her up until I was in a position where I had that kind of security back again. And um, as I say, really difficult time in my life uh, for, for Lily to come into it. But I selected her, I knew she was my puppy. And um, she and Uno were the last uh, really to, to be with the breeder and um, to find homes. As far as we knew, Uno had found a lovely home. You know, the breeder is, a family friend she um she's really really concerned to find the best possible homes for any puppies that she she has and she really believed that that the the uno had gone to a lovely family unfortunately that wasn't the case as it turned out and where the strange experience part of this kicks in is that although i had met uno and obviously all of the puppies um, at a very early age. I think they were a few weeks old when I first met them. And I'd sort of been on the fringes. So we live a long way away, but certainly been on the fringes, seen photos of them growing up together. And, and then Lily and Uno being the last two, they were like two little tinkers, you know, they were really like, yeah, they were like partners in crime, little, little siblings. And, um, and yeah, they would, they would get into all kinds of trouble when they were pups, of course, as they do. Um, but yeah, they, they had a very strong connection and, you know, I knew Uno, but I mean, to be honest, he just went to a new home and that was it. And so did the other puppies. And I never really gave Uno another thought until I think Lily and Uno were both around a year old. So Lily was was then living with me and um, do you know I just this is the weird part I just started my dad was actually down we were having a little holiday together 
Um, so he'd come to stay with me. We went over to see my brother in Surbiton and we were just watching TV, just doing normal things. And Uno kept popping into my mind. Now, it's a long time ago. It's about, I guess, nine and a half years ago. But he kept popping into my mind. I don't know how long this was happening because you know what it's like sometimes things crop up your intuition leads you somewhere and you sort of push it down because it doesn't make any sense and you know it, it keeps coming back and and this is what kept happening it kept coming back to haunt me and I asked my dad I said you know have you heard anything about Uno um you know has Jill mentioned him at all you know any news from his family or anything like that and my dad said no haven't heard anything no, I'm not sure how he's getting on. You know, I believe he went to a family in X place and that's, you know, that's all. So I, I mean, to be fair from that conversation, I got a little bit more information, which was good. But I couldn't shake this feeling that I really needed to learn about Uno. Where was Uno? What was he doing? Was he okay? And I think, I think at the bottom of my heart, I knew he was not okay. So I started Googling. <laughs> I had a name, I had Uno. I had the name of the place that I thought that he went to. And that was it. I had no more information. And I started obsessively going through Google <laughs> with different internet searches. And I thought, I wonder if he's for sale or something. I wonder if you know, if, if they're maybe trying to find him a home or something like that, but I didn't know and nothing came up. I Googled probably oh, countless times, you know, over a few days and nothing came up and I was putting the same things in the search engine after a while because I really didn't have much information to go on. And eventually I came across this advert and I'm broken hearted when I remember what it said. It said, um, English Springer Spaniel, Uno, must go now. And I noticed that the, the date on it was like a couple of months before. <laughs> and I wonder now when I'm looking back, I wonder, like, was I thinking about him before? And it just got really concentrated over these last few days. And, you know, maybe I just felt more urgency about it. Um, obviously looking back with hindsight now um you know I, I can really see what was going on and I can really see why I was so obsessive about that google search but what happened was once I found the advert you know immediately I knew I mean I, I didn't tell anyone but um, I literally took myself out of my brother's flat walked around the corner with the phone rang the number and thankfully it was still live and the first thing he said was when can you come and get him I you know I just said uh have you just wondered didn't say that didn't say that there was any history you know didn't certainly didn't say wasn't going to let on that I knew anything about this dog um I didn't I didn't want to worry the the person I just wanted him to take it at face value if Uno was available I knew I was going to go and get that dog whatever happened and he said um yeah he's available um when can you come and get him? And it was just really kind of brusque and abrupt. And my answer was, 
let me just speak to my dad. Um, we're you know together at the moment, so he'll have to be on board with it. But uh, we'll we'll drive up as long as he's okay. Um, we're a couple of hundred miles away, but we'll we'll drive up straight away um, and and come and get him. Um, I I think he was um, the person who was advertising him for sale. Um, <laughs> dogs are a lot more expensive these days than they used to be, but. Um, <laughs> I think he was advertising him for 300 pounds or 350 pounds. And at the time that was all I had in my bank account. Literally, I was down to my last few pounds after that. And it, it was, it never crossed my mind that I was spending that money. I just thought I have it. I'm, yeah, I'm committed. I'm, I'm going to get him. And what's lovely is that, um, my my dad um is is open to to this stuff as well he 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 just when i said to him i found uno and i think he's in a bad situation we need to go and get him and i've promised to buy him basically um so that he's safe and my dad he just said when are we going um <laughs> oh gosh i get so emotional talking about it um but yeah, so basically we just went in the car and um, drove, uh, I think it's about 350 miles actually, to go and get him. And it was, yeah, the weirdest thing that has ever happened in my life to just have that connection with that animal um, and to be able to respond in in the way that he needed. So. To fill in a bit more of the story, um, when we got there, uh, we got to the address, um, it transpired, I think what had happened was um, male spring spaniels, certainly very young male spring spaniels can be a bit of a handful. And um, they had um, a child with special needs um, that, that really, um, basically this spring spaniel was very boisterous around. And I think there'd been, an experience there that that hadn't been great um and also the lady had just had a new baby and she didn't feel comfortable having this boisterous dog around the baby um uno i think had been treated quite harshly as a result as their mistaken way of controlling him um they'd he he'd been harshly treated he'd been beaten um and he was in a bad way, like they hadn't cared for him at all. He had ticks all over him. Um, he was kept out in the garden and um, kept away from the activity of the house. Now, if you think about it, this, this is a house with young children, it could have been such a loving home like from the outside, you know, it was neat and tidy. And I was just, you know, it should have been a great home for him, but for whatever reason, it wasn't working. And bear in mind that they'd been advertising to get rid of him. And it really was a feeling of he needs to go. You know, that's exactly what they wrote in the advert. He must go now. And, and if you think about it, they obviously hadn't had any success in placing him in a different home. So I don't know what had happened there, but it had taken months. And so, well, I just, I know with hindsight, looking back, that's because he was meant to come home with us. Um, so 
we went to get Uno and he crawled across the floor um, in a terrible state and came, he came and he just, he just stuck to my dad's leg <laughs> like he wasn't going to leave his side. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what's been the case since. Um, we had our other two dogs with us. So I had Lily and, and we also had the Lily and Uno's auntie, Chloe, um, who's also my father's dog. And um, they were in the, the back of the car. You know, Uno jumped in that car like he was never looking back and he was home. And we drove back. And since then, um, Uno's entire life, he's been needy. And, um, you know, I, I think just so happy that, that he has a safe, secure place to be. <laughs> um, and, so going back to what I said originally, I think Lily was sent into the world to be my helper, but I think I was in the world to be Uno's helper in that, in that scenario. And I thank God that I was open to something beyond logic to actually uh, be a channel for that in some way, for, to be a channel for that information, that knowledge, and to be connected enough with my intuition and to know that it was important enough that I was so connected to that, that I did not give up searching for him, even though it made no sense. I had no clue what was going on. And it's only with hindsight that, that I can see why I was chosen to perform that role. And and exactly why it happened and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure as we talk about this Tina I'm sure you're going to ask me all sorts of questions now but I'm sure you're going to have your own take on this as well as to kind of like why it happened and and also just I'd be really interested as well to explore a bit about you know what I do with this because I've always had a really strong connection to animals uh, obviously, in my in my current work, I'm working a lot with intuition and I'm helping clients tap into resources that they've never really used before to, you know, to understand more of their potential and to live lives which are much more magical and full of miraculous things, things that, that, that are really beyond what most people um, even imagine is possible. But I've always had this very, very strong connection with animals as well. So is that something potentially to be explored in in my life in some bigger way? Or, or you know, maybe it isn't. And maybe maybe this weird experience simply served to show me as well, I suppose, dual purpose, obviously for Uno, but also to show me that that actually I can trust my intuition. I can trust that higher knowing and that that I can be a channel for some of the most amazing things happening. I don't know, but I'd be really interested to get your take on it. So I have a question cool. about Shoot. when you, when he kept popping in your mind. Yeah. How, like, was it just his name, Uno? Did you see a picture of him? Did you feel like he was under distress or... Like what kind of information was yeah. coming through? 
that's a really good point actually and I, I've been thinking about this recently in, in terms of um, how information comes through and up to now it has very much been feelings and also I hear I hear a voice in my head it's my own voice it sounds like my own voice um, and, and and that is that is definitely something I think around intuition or psychic knowledge or higher knowledge um, that that people often ask about you know how how do I know that it's not just me making it up um, I don't know if that that's something that your clients talk to you about as well Tina but it, it it's for me with that particular situation it was his name coming up and it was a feeling that all was not well and that I had also that I had to do something about it I felt compelled as almost like I was the person in the world no one else I was the one who had the commission to find out why his name was coming up and to and to, to work it out like a mission I guess did you ever ask your dad if he was thinking about Uno as well? Again, oh gosh, you have the most amazing questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> not surprised, by the way, knowing you as I do. Um, but yes, my uh, my my dad when I when I told him because um, I kept this quiet initially, and I I don't really remember so long ago. I don't really remember whether this was something that was kind of like happening low key and maybe I just pushed down and then sort of but but those days I think it was more like three days or something that we were in this flat together at my brother's and I didn't tell anybody at first because I just thought it was crazy you know it's the usual thing that you were saying at the beginning I'm not going to share this yet because you know people are going to think I sound mad but but yeah when I when I eventually um I think probably about after a day of obsessive Googling, um, I asked that question, you know, um, do you ever hear anything about Uno? And then I think later on, I just went back to Googling him. He, I think he might have said why. And I sort of said, oh, um, you know, just just wondered, just wondered if you'd heard anything, you know, <laughs> in my nonchalant way. It's like, don't ask me any more deeper questions because I'm feeling a little bit on shaky ground here, you know. Um, but but I think later on he he did come back to me and he uh, this is before I made the call um, to go and get him he came back to me and he said why did you ask about Uno and I think at the time I probably said something like I don't quite know why and I think I might have just left it at that and but he knew he knew I was I, I must have shared that I was googling but I, I wasn't quite sure what I was googling about at that time you know I just I wasn't sure I just I just wanted to find some information about him about his family about where he was but I didn't know at that point where I was going to go with it at all I, think I was just pursuing it I think it's amazing that you found him though mm. You know, so like there I. was actually was when you say advertisement, was it in a paper or magazine or something? Yeah, it was on an online forum, like, you know, one of the, you know, where I guess where you go to advertise a pet for sale, you know. Um, so I think so that it, was, it was old. It was yeah. a couple of months old. Uno was putting out the SOS. Totally. Yeah, I totally believe that. And I think. I think things were getting urgent and, and I, I, gosh, you know, you look back with hindsight and you think, 
if I'd not taken action, you know, if I'd not done what I'd done, what was going to happen to him that it was so urgent that he had to get through to me, you know, that, that he wouldn't leave me alone until I'd actually found that advert. And the weird thing is that it, it was that obsessive Googling that led me to it. And, and I swear I was putting in the same search terms over and over again and eventually came up with this advert. Uh, so I'm sure there were things I was looking at before using the same search terms and it wasn't coming up. So it was like my persistence was was a really important part of this. So, yeah, I, I, I suspect now because I think at the time, like, you know, nine, nine and a half years ago, I was not as in tune with my intuition as I am now. I, I certainly wasn't tapping into that on a daily basis. I certainly wasn't intending it to be a big part of my life. So I, I perhaps wouldn't have noticed the signs early on, whereas now I think because it's just, yeah, it's just part of what I do every day and, and, and the, the way I live. Now I think I would pick up on that a lot earlier and take action earlier. There wouldn't have been that need to get so urgent about it. Yeah, but it's, it's still amazing that you paid attention because how many people out there I agree. are getting intuitive hits and completely dismissing them? right away oh all the time totally. so all for the, the listeners out there you're listening pay attention to yeah. your feelings and what keeps coming into your mind because in fiona's case uno was needed desperate help and i i believe he was probably pinging your dad or whomever he could get help yeah. from maybe the exactly. breeder and you listened, you listened yeah. and you took action. That was the difference. Oh, I, 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 that makes complete sense to me. And, and it, it is still amazing to me when I think that my intuitive, it's not intuitive ability. Um, we've all, we've all always got that. Um, but I, I didn't feel particularly connected to it at that time. Um, I didn't think it, I hadn't really developed I guess my um, intuitive listening skills, shall we say, that's that's a lot more something that I've practiced and been intentional and deliberate around more recently. But nine and a half years ago, it's it's astonishing. It, it shows that that actually there was something more powerful at play, something that made me listen. <laughs> as well as the fact that I was open to it. I've always been open to, you know, things beyond myself. But I think I've definitely pushed things down and, you know, not taken notice of, you know, intuitive hits as well. I still do to a certain extent. I think that's, I think that's kind of normal. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, yeah. I, I did a lot of that dismissing information you know, because you didn't know, you know, you didn't exactly no one taught us how to listen to our intuition, we had to figure it out on our own. So exactly. now we do. So lucky Lily got to see her brother, <laughs> you know, know. for oh, it's so cool. almost 10 years. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you if you had any dreams about Uno around that time when he kept popping in your mind or up until the moment you started searching for him around that time? I can't remember having any dreams. Um, I, I would certainly, if, 
if the same thing happened again, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if someone popped up in my dreams. Um, but no, I, I don't think so. I think it was I think it was more the name that was coming up in my head and and just this. It was a compulsion, really, to find out about him. Um, so yeah, that more than anything. But I mean, I think I think also at the time uh, that there was still this real sort of like um, I suppose socially conditioned thing as well of I I I just want to keep this quiet until I work out what's going on, you know, in case anybody thinks I'm crazy. Um, I don't feel that way now. Now I think, how cool is it that, you know, that I can be open to this sort of like magic and, you know, that my intuition can lead me in, in, uh, into amazing places, useful places. Uh, but I, that wasn't the case then. I was kind of a little bit embarrassed about it, to be honest. And, and I just wasn't sure. And, you know, maybe, maybe I was just making it all up in my head. And mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's what people struggle with sometimes when they're learning how to trust their intuition and and how to tap into their inner guidance and and really trust it. Yeah, you know, I it can feel like you're making it up. I learned that if somebody is popping in your head that you normally don't think about, pay attention to that. Because yes. either that person is thinking of you or just pay attention to it maybe you need to reach out because or maybe there's some source of of healing that needs to be done around that relationship too mm, I've certainly had that happen as well I've certainly um had people pop into my mind and then they've rang or you know or or I've I've just called them you know I take action on these things now I never would have done before or I might have waited until it had happened like five times before I listened. Um, certainly another, that happens. <laughs> another cool thing about this story is you had only 300, what, to 350 pounds in your yeah. bank account. And that was just enough money to buy Uno back. Exactly that. Um, and, and if it, and to be honest, I, I think at the time, it just wasn't a question of would I use that money or not. It, it was almost it was almost a validation of the entire situation that that was all the money I had, quite honestly. Um, because it again, it was it was just another sign it was meant to be. Yeah. You know, that. So do you remember <sighs> what happened after with your finances? Because I wouldn't be surprised Oof. if you started getting money more money in your account after that after what you did to help uno do you know all i remember was and this is true of every single time that and this this happened a lot over that particularly over that sort of 10 year period particularly around like yeah 2000 and 2010 to say 2015 i had a cycle of not having enough money and do you know what? I always did have just enough. Mm -hmm. It was never really a problem. And so I, so I think, I mean, say it wasn't a problem. I mean, I was homeless, you know, at the time that Lily and Uno were born. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't in a great situation, but I always had 
help there was always somebody to you know to offer me somewhere to stay with them temporarily or you know there was always a car that was available um you know somehow there was enough money for petrol to put in the car there was enough money to to eat each day um even though at times that was only like a pound or two pounds or five pounds whatever so I have really been through it and really at that time that was all happening that was that was my reality totally different now but all I would say is I, I can't remember where the more money came in but all I can say is it was not a problem like and I just didn't think you know this this and it's almost like do you know the things that you just know deep, deep down in your heart are meant to be or they're so important to you that money is not a factor like money is a factor in every area of of life you know money money matters you know <laughs> i've i've experienced in my life that that when i have money to do the things i want to do and I have my bills covered and i have peace of mind financial security that allows me to be so much more who I am and do what I want in the world. And so, and it gives me so much freedom. And I would never seek to be in a, a situation like that again, where I, I'm scraping around for money. But at the same time, that that dog was so important to me, even though I didn't really, I didn't really even know him. But that dog and that situation mattered so much to me on a really fundamental level that my own question of money and how I was going to pay for things or how I was surviving at that time it just doesn't even come into it and and yeah I mean I I can't remember now but I spent that money um do you know I I'd, I'd imagine um I'd imagine help came from somewhere I, I I can't honestly remember exactly where from uh or how much at the time but yeah, all I can say, it wasn't a problem. Well, I think if you're, when you help others, you get helped back or you get taken care of somehow, some yeah. way. So yeah. it'd be interesting if you maybe take some time and reflect on what happened after. Just the yeah. finance part would be interesting, but there's other ways that we get rewarded, obviously. But your story reminds me um, of one time when I was in up living in Northern Virginia, my daughter and I was hiking in this park and we saw a dog running around by mm. himself and he kept coming up to us and running away. And when we walked back to our car to leave, he was sitting against my tire. Oh, my goodness. And I said, okay, well, are you lost? Do you need my help? You know? Yeah. And yeah. he just wouldn't budge and I couldn't leave. Like I couldn't no. leave without him against my tire like that. So I just said, yeah. okay, well, get in my car and I'll take you to the local animal shelter. And maybe he's microchipped and yeah, exactly. So we drove him to the, to the animal shelter. And my daughter was still little then, and she just kept talking about how good everything felt about helping him. Yeah. And we took him there, dropped him off, and they, he did. He was microchipped and returned to his owner. But oh, yeah, lovely. So they will 
literally attach themselves to people that they want in their lives or they need help from. And this dog wasn't budging from my tire until I opened my door (laughs) and he got in the car. (laughs) That is, that is just how powerful I think animals are that they, they do act more from their, their intuition, I think, than, than most humans do. I think they're more tapped into that. And, and that, that just proves it. You know, I think, I think what you said about, about Uno connecting with me because I was open, clearly that dog gravitated towards you because here was a person who would understand that something was going on and act on it. So it, it, it's mind blowing, isn't it? It really is. But I, I, I do think that animals have, have got a lot to teach us actually about, about being in the moment and, and being connected to source intuition you know and and then your comment about should you do anything about disability I think that we have a lot of abilities and we Mm. get to choose what we want to do Mm. you know it's like the smorgasbord and well exactly do I want to do the cheese today or do I want to do (laughs) the grapes today you know and so that's part of the reason why I started this podcast I had been thinking about it for years actually and I always loved Mm. talking to people I always loved listening to their stories and I used to interview people when I worked in the government years and years ago so um and it I'm doing it because it excites me right now. Exactly. Yeah. And we should be doing things that make us excited. Totally agree. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I you know, vision uh, in terms of like your life purpose and higher purpose and, and what you really want to go after can, can shift. It can shift daily. And that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I journal every day almost, not every day necessarily, but, you know, when I, when I want to tap into, well, what do I want? Because as you say, it's, we've got this smorgasbord, you know, we, we can make choices and we can make new ones and new decisions if, you know, if we choose to, that's you know, a wonderful part of being free spirits. Well, I want to thank you for Iona for being my first guinea pig guest. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I am. Yeah, I. It, it's just been. It's just been such a lovely experience, actually, just to, just to talk through my weird experience. <laughs> thank you for sharing, and um, I'm sure you'll be on the show again. I have a feeling so. Oh, I'm sure I can come up with something strange. <laughs> I'm sure I can come up with a few more stories. So yeah, I, I, I would be thrilled and honored to be on the podcast again. And I look forward to hearing other people's stories as well. Because, you know, I think you're going to have some interesting people on. So believe you me, I will be staying tuned to this podcast. Yeah, I cannot wait. Thank you to everyone who listened today. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience. 
Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218 or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.